Barefooting with Sierra uses Buzzsprout. Just start with the equipment you already have and a quiet space. Add Buzzsprout and your podcast is ready to go. You'll get a great looking podcast website, audio players that you can drop into other websites, detailed analytics to show how people are listening, tools to promote your episodes, and more. Podcasting isn't hard when you have the right partners. Following the link in the show notes lets Buzzsprout know that I sent you, gets you a $20 Amazon gift card if you sign up for a paid plan, and helps support the show. The team at Buzzsprout is passionate about helping you succeed. Join over 100,000 podcasters already using Buzzsprout and get your message out to the world. Hello and welcome to the 36th episode of Barefooting with Sierra. This podcast is recorded on Treaty 6 territory, the traditional land, gathering place, and traveling route of the Cree, Anishinaabe, Blackfoot, Métis, Dene, Dakota Sioux, and others for time immemorial. My name is Sierra Larson, better known as Barefoot Sierra. I'm a novelist, comic creator, and independent journalist, and I have been living without shoes since 2010. I alternate between using she, her, and they, them pronouns. I created this podcast to keep my audiences in touch with all of my projects, to talk about things I care about, and to interact with the awesome people in my various professional networks. In this episode, I interviewed novelist and magazine publisher Jana Phillips. I'm going to break this podcast up into four parts. Novels, comics, journalism, and barefooting, each representing a different aspect of my professional life. I will give you updates on what I am working on, let you know about any new works you can see, and keep you in the know about when I do free book giveaways on Amazon. Let's get started. First up, novels. I'm still plugging away at the editing of my Red 72 finale. I got through one more chapter of edits this week, and though these aren't technically novels, I did spend a lot of time this week working on poems. I've been seeing a new therapist post-divorce, and one of the things she suggested was that I get back into poetry as a way to process emotions. I shared some of the poems I wrote this week with my brother, and he could tell most of them were coming from a place of pain, but some reflect how healing the divorce has been for me as well. I've been submitting a few of them, better ones, to poetry journals for consideration, but as my main focus is the novels, the poetry is kind of a side thing for me at the moment. Don't expect to see a book of poetry from me anytime soon. And now for my interview with Jana Phillips. Hello, Jana. Thank you so much for joining me on the show. Please tell the listeners where you're from, a little about yourself and what you do. Oh, thank you. It's so nice to meet you, Sierra. I really appreciate and feel honored to be on your podcast. I am a native Texan. I happen to live in Houston, Texas now. I grew up in the Dallas area, but work took me to the East Coast for a few years, and then I ended up in Houston. Um, I have an online magazine called Houston Hip and Hope, which is about fun and new, exciting things to do in Houston. My biggest accomplishment that I'm very proud of is that my novel got published in December of 2019. I worked in the energy industry, mainly electric industry, for several years, decades. And this is a uh, novel with a, conspir- a conspiracy theory about the electric industry. Awesome. And so is it, it's power lies, but your cover is like power lines. That's so clever. (laughs) Thank you very much. Um, Yes, that was the subliminal I was going for. I designed it. I'm not an artist. I can write, but I did tell the, uh, the uh, publisher what I wanted. And so that it turned out the way I did sort of a twilight zone effect with the power lines and um, the kite because of Edison and Ben Franklin. And so, and also uh, my, uh, one of my college groups symbol was a kite. So I, you know, tried to cover all the bases. (laughs) Awesome. I love it. Oh, thank you. 
Yeah. And so you're, you're also, it's, it became a bestseller on Amazon. Uh, what did that feel like? Oh, I have to tell you, that was the most amazing day that that happened. Um, it was actually three days after it launched and um, uh, my publisher called me and told me and I said, oh no, I can't believe this. <laughs> but uh, it was a dream come true. It's still doing real well on Amazon. And then when Barnes and Noble picked it up, I felt like I'd also you know, really achieved a lot. I, uh, I've told this story before, but this was a long process. <clears throat> I'm actually a widow and my husband was in the energy industry too. And he was very supportive. And so he, he's mentioned in the forward, but anyway, so it, so life kind of got in the way or there were bumps along the way before I could get it published and publishing, as you know, is a very hard process. The writing is the easy part. <laughs> so, um, so when it finally happened, um, in, uh, you know, 19, that it all came together, the uh, publisher said, well, you get to pick the voice for your uh, audiobook. And they sent me um, three men and three women. And even though my book does have a heroine, I decided to pick a gentleman. And his, when I, you know, they said, okay, well, we'll send you a sample. And if you don't like it, then we'll start over. So uh, they sent me the first chapter that he read. And I, it just brought tears to my eyes. I just couldn't believe that it was actually my book that he was reading and it was going to be an audio book that, you know, people could listen to. I almost felt like it, it read better or sounded better being read than when you read it yourself. <laughs> that's so awesome. And like, congratulations on that. That's, that's such an achievement. Oh, thank you. That's very kind of you. I really appreciate it. Well, I admire you that my goodness, you've done a podcast, you have a podcast and, um, and all that you do in your life. You're so busy that I don't, you must not sleep much. <laughs> I somehow managed to get eight hours a night. Well, good for you. <laughs> I'm very organized. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah. So what prompted you to, to start writing? How did you get into writing? Well, actually, I've been and I kind of was born into writing. I mean, I've always loved to write. In fourth grade, there was a citywide contest that was an essay that it was called What Thanksgiving Means to Me. And it was, in a sense, a blind entry, like you just turned it in and had they had a number assigned to it. And I happened to win for the fourth grade class. And that just made me feel like, well, maybe I really could do this. And then in junior high and high school, my schools had um, a literary journal that you, it was not just literary, it was like arts and literature. So there were poems you could submit, short stories, uh, art, literal art, you know, uh, drawings or different things like that. And so I just, that really made me flourish to write more and more and I entered every year and you know got those published that way and so that that was really fun and then when I went to college I was actually a business major <clears throat> I focus on marketing and I had to take an elective so I took journalism I never really thought about working for a paper necessarily but then I liked it so much and it was such a different way of writing rather than creative writing that I, you know, really enjoyed it. So I decided to add it as a double major. And uh, so I have a BBA with marketing and journalism. Well, to be a journalism major at Baylor, where I went, you work on the school paper for a year. And so that was a really good learning experience, you know, a completely different way of writing. 
And then um, for a job, I worked in the public affairs office at Baylor. And that was sort of journalistic, but also creative because there were press releases, you know, there were um, different articles you'd write for the more the alumni paper, you know, the magazine, things like that. So I felt like that was a really good experience and good education for writing. And but again, I didn't necessarily want to work for a newspaper, you know, and then when I went and went to work for the the uh, electric industry in Dallas, because I had that journalism degree, that really helped kind of open doors for my career because so many people don't feel like they can write. So I would be given, you know, assignments that were like write speeches or back in those days, this was when electricity was still you know, dereg not deregulated. So in other words, every, you know, it was a monopoly. Everybody had to have the electric industry. But um, so there, it, so I would write things for the uh, different field offices and for customer service memos and, and training manuals. And so it, you know, it really gave me a good background to, um, you know, help me in my career. That's really impressive that you're able to apply it like that. That's oh, really, it's, it's a part of everything that a lot of us, like, we don't really think about it like that. Like I, I was an English major for my bachelor degree. And while uh, I took a year off of school because I had some health problems and was working full-time in a restaurant and needed to write like for training for some of the other people in the restaurant. Cause I, like was in management I was writing basically like one page summaries of their skills their assets and things that they needed to improve on and like it's it's literally it's an essay <laughs> uh-huh, exactly right exactly and and I think that um well like I said I can't technically draw you know what I mean but I think that writing is more overwhelming to people in a way than even art is, you know, I think they think, oh, I can't get the right words down or I'm not going to get the right, you know, sentence or grammar or something. But to me, it, you know, not just my creative outlet, but, but also, again, I did write training manuals for part of my job at the electric industry. And I feel like that if you can really be able to tell someone in writing, you know, what this job is or what they need to do, in a, you know, nice factual manner is, you know, pretty, pretty big deal, you know, because I mean, haven't we all gotten manuals or, or directions for whether it's a product or uh, something you need to put together and you look at anything, who in the world wrote this? Because it's like, where, where, where do I do next? And, and how does this work? And, you know, they, and I, you know, you think they didn't edit this very well. <laughs> Those are the worst. <laughs> for sure but but yeah a lot of people they do tend to think like they they can't write because when they're reading they're reading the finished product that's gone through so many drafts and revisions and edits and all of that usually with the help of professional editors to do that oh yeah it's not good the first time. It's, <laughs> exactly. It's bad. <laughs> we don't show people the first draft. <laughs> exactly. That's so true because um, I have been very fortunate, like you have asked me to be on this. So I've gotten to do a couple other interviews along this line. And sometimes they'll ask the question, well, what, you know, what's the hardest part about it? And I said, well, it's not getting your ideas down. It's just edit, edit, edit. 
you know, you just have to keep at it and keep at it. And then when you think you're finally there, then hire the editor or, you know, get an editor to look at it and really be objective, you know. So, uh, yes, it's, that's very true. You know, I, I still have all my original drafts and notes, you know, because I don't really want to get rid of them yet. You know what I mean? And it's interesting to look back. And even now, you know, sometimes I look at it and I think, oh, I forgot I, I had thought about putting that in, but I think I'll do that for another book because I do have a series planned for my heroine. So that'll be exciting. Series. <laughs> I love doing a series. Like I'm, I'm currently in editing of number four, which will be the finale <laughs> for a series that I've got. And yeah, like I did that all of my fabulous. Edit. That, that is professional editor. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is, you really accomplished a lot. <laughs> yeah. <Ooh. laughs> I am so sorry. That is, um, that is my cat. <laughs> I do. Yes, I, I am a very much an animal person, but at this point in my life, I actually have a couple of older cats and a, uh, a bird that my late husband rescued. Where was I on my questions before I got distracted by the cats. Sorry. <laughs> it's totally <laughs> fine. I love cats. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> I have one. Well, he's, he's my son's cat, but he lives with my son's dad. So, oh yeah. It's all well, your son looks precious. I, I looked at the, all your pictures. So that's wonderful. <laughs> <He's> great. <laughs> and before you say yes. And so, yes, I understand about um, trying to date because uh, yeah, it's a different world after you've been married and um, nowadays yeah. it's completely different dating <laughs> oh my goodness I don't even like people are weird now <laughs> exactly how did that happen <laughs> I don't know people were not like this before <laughs> I know exactly, <laughs> I know, exactly. <laughs> we'll have to do another podcast just on that alone <laughs> oh goodness yeah but yeah I've been I've been doing my comics lately about about dating after divorce because <laughs> it's my comics are basically a parody of my life in animal form it's it's oh, all that's chubby opossum oh that's good <laughs> I'm really impressed so Great. you can draw and write that's really <laughs> so yeah she's been she's been going on dates with with a raccoon and, oh. and, and the sun possum is like teasing her and it's like so you gonna make it happen? <laughs> like, ah, stop it! You're seven. How do you know about this? <laughs> exactly. Well, and believe me, uh, being widowed is uh, a whole different world too, because then you're sort of a pariah. <laughs> so let's hope you never have to go through that. <laughs> that you yeah, find, I, and if you decide and find the right person, so yeah, hopefully. It's- <laughs> dating is so well, you're yeah so. yeah yeah I'm, I'm pretty sure it'll work out <laughs> yeah we'll see <laughs> I have to actually like put myself out there and date people and go through the agony that is dating <laughs> well I'll tell though. you one more thing uh my um financial advisor gave me a book and said um it's called say yes and it's about a woman that was widowed and she went on every day that she was asked on for a year and then she ended up meeting someone, but it was more about just get out there, just think of it as an outing, you know, or that you're meeting someone new and, and just, you know, try it. So, yeah, so I tried to take that advice. So, <laughs> but it was, it's a, it's a cute book. So yeah, you might have to look that up. <laughs> That's, there's a, there's a book like it's called your perfect year. And yeah, you, you say yes to everything that you're offered. 
Yeah, that same idea. Yeah, except this was all about just dating. So, uh, yeah, I'm sure, you know, there are probably several out there. But, um, but yeah, it's really kind of true. I just tried to look at it like, it, you know, you're just meeting someone new, you're going to have a nice coffee, or, you know, it's not, you're not, it's not the end of the world. And, you know, and always make sure your best friend knows where you are. Yes, yes. <laughs> I texted my best friend right before the date. And I was just like, Oh, I'm about to go on a date. And she gave me a little pep talk. Cause I was like, oh, what if he hates me? It's like, how no, can he couldn't, he couldn't. <laughs> that's actually him texting me right now. That was my phone. Oh, <laughs> that's good. <laughs> that's really good. Yeah. He likes me. Well, what else would you like to know about power lies or hip and hot? <laughs> yeah. So I, I'd love to know more about your magazine. Well, thank you. Well, um, after years in the energy business, I decided to do something a little more fun. And um, so it was actually about nine years ago, I started it. And originally, it was just once a quarter, and then it became um, once every other month, and then once a month, and then it went to uh, once a week, which became was really busy. And it's all been word of mouth. It's how I've gotten my subscribers. It's free to subscribe. And I write a lot about charities and try to help them with their, if they're having an event, so pre and post press in a sense. And then even though Houston is a very big town, there really aren't that many PR firms, I mean, for the city this large. And so I've been very fortunate to get to know most of them. And most of them have a certain niche, whether it's like uh, one might be just for charities, one might be just for restaurants, one might be for hotels, one might be for uh, retail. And so then they start sending me information about their clients and, and, um, you know, and then uh, get to go either interview people or go like Wednesday, Friday night, I'm going to an opening of a new barbecue place in Houston. And so everything was going great up until COVID. And so when that completely stopped, then I just sort of went to social media for most of the end of, for the last six months of last year. And I've just recently restarted the magazine because people are finally starting to do more and, you know, and, and really wanting to read things like that. It's been completely online, which has been great. When before COVID, pretty much every week I was getting two or three new subscribers. So that was really nice. But it's been a lot of fun. I've gotten to meet a lot of really interesting people. I technically have a YouTube channel, but I kind of do different things in the sense that for a few years before my husband died, I was going, I would go especially for um, clothing stores or um, I hate to say fashion designers, but like a lot of there'd be like a pop up shop, you know, when some were local people and some were even people for, let's say, from Dallas or San Antonio. But they, you know, independent business people and they had like a jewelry line or a clothing line. And so I would go and do video and interview them. And I really found it was that worked really well where I would ask, tell them ahead of time, I want you to talk to my audience you know, tell what you would like them to know about you, because they get asked this, you know, when they go to these things, they get asked the same questions over and over. But I feel like if they're saying what they really want, then it, you know, that worked out really well. And then the other thing that's really interesting and is a lot of fun is that everybody loves to see their picture. And so whenever there's an opening or a charity event, 
I try to put as many pictures as possible or a link to the photo gallery. And then that's helped increase, you know, my subscriptions. But it's it's really been a very nice outlet and a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to more things happening and starting back up to, you know, be able to do get the magazine really going again. Absolutely. Yeah. And it, is it just online or do you do in print as well? No, just online. Yeah, just online. There are several really good local magazines in town that have been able to survive. And um, they're so big with so much, you know, money behind them that it, it would be very hard to compete. And this has worked out really well, you know, because I have, I've been very fortunate with the subscribers I have and it continues to grow. And what's, what's interesting too, I've been told that my articles aren't too long and that, that you could, that when people read it, they feel like they're not being bogged down, you know, and I might have several articles, but they're just, they're not as, you know, long or several pages or something. And that seems to go over real well, you know, that you can just click open the, it comes out as an email. And then if you saw a title, let's just say ABC company opens up again or something, you know, then you could look at that and then skim down. And then I have a social calendar to, you know, let people know about what events are coming or something like that. So, but yeah, so I've been very happy. It's been really a very nice project. That sounds awesome. It's a big project to take on all by yourself. It's a, it's a big job. It's- uh, but yes, I do have a web guy, of course, because uh, that helps me out a lot. But as far as the writing and the getting new subscribers or getting ads sold, it's, that's all me. So, <laughs> but that's okay. It's all good. That's amazing. <laughs> Oh, thank you. Well, you are one to talk because you are very much a multitasker. So I appreciate that very much. Um, where can people find PowerLize? Oh, thank you. Well, um, you can find it on Amazon. Uh, and if you want a hard copy, you can do that or Kindle or Audible or Barnes and Noble online. And uh, my website is com. Now, the book goes by J.L. Phillips because the publishers thought that would be better to sell. <laughs> but yes, so, and if you go to my website, my email is on there. And um, if anybody has any questions or anything, just feel free to contact me. Awesome. Well, thanks again for joining me on the show. Oh, thank you. It was such fun and such a pleasure to meet you. I hope we can do this again sometime. For sure. Take care. And now for comics. My latest comic, Helicopter, deals with a transphobic comment someone said to me on a date not too long ago. So, trigger warning, transphobia, and cishet nonsense. In comics news, realtor Vince Brucio of Sykesville, Maryland, is hosting a comic and nostalgia show to raise money for the Roaring Run Lions Club. The Carroll County Comic Book and Nostalgia Show will take place August 7th at the Roaring Run Lion Club Community Park. Last April, Brucio published a comic book-style social story called Debbie Fights Coronavirus to help kids with autism understand the pandemic and lockdown situations with less anxiety. Vendor space for the show is currently available. If you're interested, contact Vince Brucio by email at vince.brucio at cbrealty.com or by phone 410-948-9857. On May 4th, Star Wars Day, may the 4th be with you, Alternate Worlds Comics and Games in Cockeysville, Maryland, held a fundraising event for Cockeysville Volunteer Fire Company. May 4th is also International Firefighters Day. The event featured lightsaber demos and a costume contest. 
All right, next up is journalism. I'm continuing to work on the JJ and Tylee Vallow book. I've done a lot of fact-finding, and with the case going to trial this summer, I want to know the whole story. In current event this week, Houston, Texas is opening a new public library to serve the Westbury, Maryland, Braze Oaks, and Hiram Clark areas and replace the Mayor Neighborhood Public Library, which was damaged in Hurricane Harvey. They are asking the public to help name the library, Of course, people have already nominated Library McLibrary Face. But a library in Houston should be named after someone from Houston. Someone who would inspire young people to get in there and check out books. I'm thinking Beyonce, Jim Parsons, George Foreman. You can submit your nomination for the new library's name at the link in the show notes. A group of Girl Scouts from Buckeye Valley Elementary School in Ostrander, Ohio, have earned their bronze awards. The third highest award in Girl Scouts for wildlife rescue efforts. The girls made duckling hammocks for the Ohio Wildlife Center to keep injured ducklings off the ground while recovering, and birdhouses for both the Ohio Wildlife Center and Delaware County Preservation Parks. Last but not least, let's talk about barefooting. My barefoot adventures continue even when it's snowing outside. Yes, it's still snowing. Yes, it's May. Yes, it's Canada. My biggest adventure this week was to the doctor for the results of the CT scan I did last week. Whoever has been praying for me, Thank you. Seriously. I had an unidentified mass in my kidneys that vanished on its own between scans. In barefoot news, five seconds of summer has postponed their 2021 North American tour until 2022, joining many other musicians in pandemic caution, including Kenny Chesney, My Chemical Romance, and The Weeknd. However, some shows are still scheduled to go on. New Jersey's Barefoot Country Music Festival, scheduled for August 19th through 22nd in Wildwood, New Jersey, featuring Zach Brown Band, Dan and Shay, and Carrie Underwood, among others, is still going on as planned, with tickets more than 30% sold out already. New Jersey is currently operating at a 50% occupancy limit. Singer-songwriter Drew Baldridge and model Catherine Krause married each other at Sandalwoods Farm in Murfreesboro, Tennessee on Friday. Krauss was barefoot for the ceremony, which was performed by Baldridge's cousin, who is a pastor. Their photos are absolutely gorgeous, and I wish them all the happiness in the world. That's all for this week's episode. I'll be back next week with an interview with author and journalist Tony Russo. Thanks so much for listening in. If you have any questions or comments, you can send them to sierrathebarefootgirl at gmail.com. You can find me on Instagram at sierrathebarefoot, on Facebook as sierrathebarefootgirl, on Twitter at Sierra Barefoot, and on TikTok at Sierra is Barefoot. You can follow the podcast itself on Instagram at Barefooting with Sierra. All of my books are available on Amazon. My comics are available on Instagram at World of Possums and Patreon.com slash Possum Pete. Thank you to Legion X for the intro and outro music. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening, and please share it with a friend if you've enjoyed it. Until next time, this has been Barefooting with Sierra.